Uninvisible is a support podcast that deals squarely with medical issues that present unique advocacy issues for individuals. We do not provide medical advice. Please consult with your physician for any medical issue that you are facing. Information and comments that you send to us are governed by our terms of service and privacy policy which are available on our website located at uninvisiblepod.com. The opinions expressed by guests are their own and are not necessarily the opinion of Uninvisible or the show sponsors. Any advertising that you may hear is accepted without regard to our editorial content. Welcome to Uninvisible. I'm your host, Lauren Friedman. And I'm here with my guests to bring you info, insights, and inspiration for coping with, diagnosing, and treating invisible illness. We're here oversharing, so you don't have to struggle with invisibility anymore. Okay, guys, I've cooked up something amazing with my friend Natalie Y. Beavers, founder of Angels of Epilepsy, and it's all yours for free now. Go to my website at uninvisiblepod.com and download your free ebook called Hacking Healthcare, a resource guide Natalie and I have compiled using not only our experiences in the healthcare system, but also with the assistance of other patient leaders who have added their two cents. From a message of empowerment to notes on navigating health insurance and your doctor's visit, this is an invaluable guide intended to make healthcare more approachable and to give you the tools you need to succeed. This resource has been incredibly eye-opening and important to us, and we hope that with it, you will see real results and improve your experience in the system. Once more, that's a free download of Hacking Healthcare at uninvisiblepod.com. Go check it out, guys. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here with another wonderful guest today, Basima Mrue, who is the co-founder and CEO of Skin Tea, which we're going to hear all about today. Um, Basima has lived with invisible illness, which in part inspired her to start the company. And we're going to dig right into it. Basima, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a total pleasure. We've been trying to make this happen for a while and we have lots of mutual friends. So it's been really nice to connect with you. And I figured we'd start from the very beginning. Why don't you tell us when and how you first realized that you were sick and and what your diagnoses were? Yeah, of course. So, you know, my um, invisible illness, I would call stage four endometriosis. Um, Yeah. had to get back surgery. So I think it's two of them. I think Mm. both qualify. So, you know, the one with back surgery was the first one where I had major sciatic pain. And the reason I call it invisible is because you try to hide all that from everyone in life because it feels exaggerated. It feels like, you know, people kind of go, oh, it's just back pain or, oh, her leg hurts. Because what happens is, when I first started feeling like I had this pain, I would go from one physical therapist to another who would all say, it's just your muscle. You know, you don't need an MRI. You don't need any of that. And I can't believe that I listened to them for two years because it really messed with my head. And then when I forced the issue and they saw the MRI, they were like, oh, wow, it's actually the bulge is hitting your sciatic nerve and you really do need surgery. So during the time of those two years, I kind of thought it was a lot in my head and did everything I could to suppress the pain. Mm. The second one was endometriosis, which I discovered, you know, I've had all along and just felt like the symptoms were normal. Like it's just what women go through because I guess I didn't really know any better. Yeah. And I finally had a gynecologist discover it when I was working in Atlanta 
And he kept saying, you have endometriosis. And I kept saying, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But at least you had a doctor who knew what he was dealing with. Exactly. I was so in denial. And then when we did the surgery, it was a five hour surgery. It was stage four endometriosis. And I could not believe the difference before and after, but I definitely consider it invisible because no one knew. And I really felt like I would keep doing all these different diets and anti-inflammatory foods to make sure that I was able to deal with the pain mm-hmm. and naturally did things, but really didn't give it a label. Yeah, of course not. Well, I think especially with endometriosis, because you require laparoscopic surgery to even confirm that you have it, in which case you're also probably having a lot of endometrium removed, which for some people can ca- can create a lot of relief, but not always. Right. You know, it's it's an incurable disease. It's just going to be about management long term. I mean, of course, these things are invisible. You know, obviously, anything relating to women's health is completely internal. So um, that's something that that nobody is unable to understand unless they're in your body. And with back pain, I mean, I honestly feel like I've dealt with chronic pain of all sorts, and back pain is some of the worst and some of the most common. Um, so do you even know where that, that came from the back pain? Like how you got the disc issues? Were you in a car accident or something? Great great question. Because I'd love to be able to say it was some accident. I I think it was stress in my lifestyle. Mm. I really think people underestimate that part of it. You know, um, I was working at Nike. I had an amazing ride with Nike. I was traveling all over, but I didn't really care about my health. And I really Mm. mean that. Like my health, I, I've always been health conscious, but what I mean is it came secondary to my work and my yeah. performance. And it was, you know, sacrificing sleep, sacrificing, you know, being on a plane every week, all of that um, in the name of, you know, the job. And it was all on me. It, you know, I can't blame anyone else. I never hit the brakes. I never really thought about what I should do to maintain my health while I was doing all of that. It was just go, go, go. So mm-hmm. I, I think it was my lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when you don't stop to even consider your own pain, the minute you do stop, you kind of go, oh my God. (laughs) So I I definitely can relate to that. So what steps did you take to control your health at this point once you'd had your diagnoses? Yeah. You know, so I was doing things along the way and didn't realize it. The anti-inflammatory diet, actually my business partner, Dr. Amy Bader saved me with that. So she's a naturopathic doctor. She's amazing. And while I was at Nike, just a few years into my my career at Nike, which ended up being 10 years, she put me on the anti-inflammatory diet. And the funny thing about that is it, it really helped me remove inflammation that it kind of masked the symptoms of endometriosis and back pain. Cause when you are anti-inflammatory, it actually helps you manage pain very well. Mm. <laughs> so I was doing that for years. Um, but once I, I knew I really, to your point, back pain just, just makes you fast forward to your grave. I mean, it sounds yeah. awful. But it does. It, it, and people who've had it understand when I say that. Uh, you just yeah, kind of feel go, hopeless. You feel hopeless. And you're like, I can't mm-hmm. live my life. You're antisocial. You don't want to go out. You feel like you've aged 100 years. So, you know, I started to look at things like massages and self care as the, my number one priority. And I was doing everything I could from a diet and lifestyle standpoint to help. But at the end, I had to get the surgery. Right. And with the endometriosis, did having the surgery help with your pain management? It actually tremendously helped me. I, I felt like a brand new person, but to your point, it never goes away. So yeah. you do it and then you're aware that maybe 10 years from now, you might need another one or that it's slowly coming back. But I, for me personally, it was successful. I would say all these were a blessing in my life because more than anything, what they did 
is help me prioritize my health and self-care, mm-hmm. which I think is number one. And it really changed my mindset around, you know, what it is to live your life and how to live it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so much of what you've built with your new company yeah. is about that and about embracing wellness in your lifestyle, which we're going to get to. <laughs> Um, I'm wondering along this journey to getting these diagnoses, having these surgeries, you know, remediating your chronic pain, did you discover that you needed a personal advocate at any point or were you the one who had to step up for yourself in every case? You know, that's such an amazing question because I, I consider myself a very lucky person. I have amazing friends and family. The truth is I'm my own best personal advocate because no one's going to do it for you. Mm. Uh, but my, my partner, Dr. Dr. Bader, you know, gave me some tools, which really helped me and is why I ended up partnering with her. Um, you know, friends and family were supportive, but at the end of the day, you're living with yourself. Yeah. You know, your body better than anyone. I think you have to be your own personal advocate and I became my own biggest cheerleader, you know, and that meant committing to myself, self care and taking care of myself against, you know, uh, or above anything else. It really didn't matter what it was, because if I don't do that, then I can't help others. I can't do my job well. So mm. it really comes from within. And I think you, I think you have to take accountability yourself and, and reach out. It takes a village. So I definitely reached out to different doctors and I talked to friends about it. It takes a village, but you have to start with yourself. Yeah. And what about, you mentioned that you were overworking yourself and, and that a lot of chronic stress could have triggered a lot of these issues. What does a typical day look like for you then? What did it look like, you know, when you were just getting on with life? And how have you adjusted to make your day look different now as you manage potential issues? Yeah, you know what's funny is is I work less but more smarter. And with a startup, there's that typical entrepreneur myth where you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to work 24-7. I have no life. You know, I'm in the garage and it really does feel like that some days, but, but the reality is I've I've decided to do it differently. And what's interesting is, you know, at Nike, I did work very, very long hours, but I just neglected my health. Now I think about life differently. I think about fitting work into my life, not life into my work. So it starts Mm. with my, starts with my health. And then how does work fit in? That means things like creating a culture where People spend the hours any way they want. If I want to go in the middle of a day and get a workout or a massage, or that's just as important for my work, because if I'm healthy, I'm more productive at work. So my mindset has changed. It's so much more integrated. Um, Like tomorrow I have, you know, a massage the day after I have a trainer, you know, that I will work with. Like all those things became more important, even as an entrepreneur who put all her money into the company whatever I earn, which is very little right now goes, you know, I honestly 80% to self-care training and good food. Yeah. You know, without clothes and purses for now until this company's. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you're on your way and you're doing really well with it. And you guys have got some awesome partners and yeah, I mean like it's very, very exciting. Very exciting. Yep. So, I mean, it sounds like you had to have in one case with your back pain, you had to convince doctors to believe yeah. you, but with your endometriosis, a doctor had to convince you. Yeah. What about these situations and when you, in which you've been forced to validate your pain to other people? How have those looked and, and how have they played out? You know, when I was younger, that's such a good question because starting mm-hmm. in high school, endometriosis hits you. Like, like you start with the hormonal imbalances. And when I was young, I had major hormone problems and I always felt weaker. And I always felt less than, 
all the ones around me who were so athletic and just seemed perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they make you feel like it's in your head or you're just weak. Yeah. So, so when you voice like, Oh my God, my period is so heavy. It's like a little bit of the, mm, you know, she's just weaker mm-hmm. versus oh, there's this person here who's out there, you know, playing basketball and they're strong and they're dealing with it. And so I remember feeling more insecure and it was nothing overt. Like I wasn't bullied. I wasn't, you know, teased in that sense, but it's an, it's a nuance and yeah. it's something you sense from people. And now I feel so differently now. Um, you know, one of my surgeons, he was incredible. He's the one who was my, my endometriosis surgeon. He's one of the best in the country. He said something interesting to me. He said, Basma, you're the type of person where if I took a knife and hit your skin, you would say nothing. Then if I dig deeper and you bled, you'd say nothing. Then if it hit your bone, you'd say, ouch. He said, don't wait until the knife hits your bone. Vocalize it sooner. I think as women, we suppress it yeah. and we think like we're the only ones and we don't want to come off like whiners and victimy. So I think those are kind of experiences I had when I was really young and was having major hormone problems. And now I feel completely differently. Now I feel more educated and confident. And I tell younger girls to not apologize for how they're feeling and to, to really vocalize it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting too, because it's like with these issues of women's health, we're taught to suppress, 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 even just your periods if they're normal, you know, um, and then to be additionally suppressing pain and discomfort and heaviness and everything like that that's associated with endometriosis. I mean, that's got to be really hard, but it's amazing that you had that doctor who said to you, you know, say something sooner. Um, What's funny too is, that, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but I was at a company, I won't say the name, hmm. where I was, right before I was going to go get stage four surgery, my hormones were out of control. And I knew that I was kind of reacting in a weird way to someone. And I'm usually like really cool and, and, you know, I'm very passionate, but I knew I was anxious and my reaction to someone wasn't right at a peer level. So I kind of went up to him and I said, you know what? I, I think my hormones are, are out of control right now. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me in complete disbelief. And I said, <laughs> well, I'm sorry that I came off that way. I really don't mean it. You're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm aggravated on the inside. And he gave me the biggest hug. And so, wow. yeah, he's like, I can't believe you just told me that. I so appreciate it. And it's so cool that you're so in tune in your body. And I said, yeah, I'm about to get surgery and I know things just aren't okay. So apologies for how I reacted. I didn't need to get that specific, but it's my hormone, mm-hmm. but I knew it was my hormone because I'd learned a lot about hormones and you know, men have hormone fluctuations too. It's not just women. There's just this whole thing about women are hormonal and then they're emotional and oh my gosh. And so don't bring it up. Yeah. Men are too. And so I think being a little bit more free with that is okay. Uh, And I, you know, I took that chance. Yeah. It sounds like you were also very fortunate that you shared that with a man who was open to it as well, because there, you could have had a totally different reaction if it were the wrong person. That's very true. And it showed how amazing it can be when they are understanding. Mm, Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me too, that with your back pain, that these doctors just kept putting off, even calling for an MRI. I mean, it's just the most basic way to cover your bases and you know, they made you live in pain. You know what they kept saying? MRIs are very expensive and we like to wait until we've exhausted all other options. So they experiment with me for that long Mm. and they think it's in your head. Like that's the thing with the invisible illnesses is they often make you feel like you're a little crazy or you're exaggerating. And I learned a lot from that. Do you think that if you presented differently, say if you were a man or, you know, if even, you know, I mean, we know that you're, you present as a, as a cishet woman, you know, like 
do you think that your experience would have been different? That's it. I do actually. I think yeah. men are a little bit more just the way they'll in general. If you look at studies, just even in interviews, they they would be they tend to be more overconfident, and women, if even if they have skills that are stronger, downplay it. I think now walking into a place, I'd be like, I want an MRI now. <laughs> and I'd have a level of confidence yeah. and I'd be very stern about it. And I wouldn't apologize for it. But I do think back then I wasn't really sure. So I was a little bit more insecure and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll try these different things they're making me do. Even though my intuition was on fire, that something was wrong. Yeah. I think we could learn a lesson from men in that sense is I think they're a little bit more assertive about that. Not all mm-hmm. men, because I think a lot of women are too. Um, but for me, at least that was, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I definitely, whether it's in dealing with medical stuff or even business stuff, sometimes I start writing an email or consider my approach to something. And then I go, wait a minute, if I were a dude, would I say it this way? (laughs) You know, like, and just shift it and go like, whatever, I'm just going to do it the way a guy would do it. Cause it doesn't make a difference, you know? There's something about embracing our femininity and owning it and loving that feminine energy and style. And then in other areas, I think it's okay to to tap into your masculine energy because, you know, I talk a lot about how we all have masculine and feminine energy and that feminine energy is beautiful. It's collaborative. It's creative. It leads to innovation. Uh, But at times that, you know, that masculine energy serves you so well. And so learning how to tap into each and when has been big for me in both my business and in my health. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's very good advice, actually. So um, has your, we know that you've created Skin Tea and this is, this is kind of a form of advocacy for you because tell us how this all happened because this is um, a drink that's got collagen and, and lots of adaptogen, adaptogens and herbs in it. Um, and it all happened because you were using collagen for healing, right? Yeah. You know, we're three female founders and it's a beautiful story. And Mm. we all kind of went through major transitions in our lives. So you know about mine. Mine was the surgery, uh, back surgery as well as endometriosis. And I walked out of Nike, a company I loved, um, and just decided I was just going to walk out and focus on my health. And and that led me into the surgeries. And it was my surgeons who said, you should take a lot of collagen, which I'd never heard of. I didn't even believe in ingestible collagen. Mm. When someone questions collagen to me. I just go try it for four weeks, then get off of it and tell me how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe in it. And for me, it was more about, you know, the advice from my doctors. So both surgeons told me, I want you to consume a lot of collagen. It's going to be really great for your gut, your joints, your bones, your health. And then the bonus was the hair, skin and nails, of course. <laughs> this superfood that I couldn't believe I'd lived without for so long. I felt like mm. game changing for me. Then I walked into my naturopathic doctor's office, Dr. Amy Bader, who's now my business partner, and she had just been recently divorced, become a single mom, also using collagen to age gracefully. So for different reasons, but similar. And she also had problems getting her patients to be consistent with collagen. Um, I was her patient, and I was saying what most of her patients were saying. You know, I basically said the pills, the powders, and bone broth are annoying. I'm probably her most high maintenance patient. But I- <laughs> Somehow I doubt that, but go on. <laughs> there's something better. I said, you know, I love collagen so much, but I wish there was something more enjoyable. And she told me she had partnered with Elizabeth Zieg, our third partner, and they had been mixing collagen with teas and herbs to create a better, more enjoyable way to consume it. So it was kind of this incredible meeting of the minds. Like we all saw the white space together. Elizabeth had been through the most traumatic experience of losing a daughter at two. And you know, you never that. You never do. No. Uh, it had been years and years and years since she put herself into anything 
mm-hmm. that meant something to her. So somehow collagen brought these three women together. And what was so important for us was that it was so much more than just collagen. It was a product that was really all about emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being. And I say that because the formula we put in it really speaks to us as partners, but really pretty much anyone in the world. So for example, it's got really high quality collagen and the supplier that we used is free of insecticides, pesticides, hormones, which of course, for me having stage four, I can't mess with my hormones. So that was, you know, the doctor wouldn't have it any other way. So that was a really important component. But what's so fun is we also include super herbs in all our flavors. One of them is called Hawthorne Berry, which was used in ancient times to heal a broken heart. Mm. And in modern times in potent dosages, it's used to heal the physical heart. If you think of it, we, everybody needs some emotional support and everyone mm. is grieving about something. So a lot of our consumers say, what did you put in it? I just feel happy. And it means the world. <laughs> We're yeah. like, yeah, everyone can feel a little happy. It's like a hug from the inside out. We also um, put in there real quickly, passion flower. Passion comes from the word libido. It makes you feel grounded, but also gives you a little boost. It makes you feel sexy, which, which is great for everyone. Um, horsetail is the vanity herb. So hair, nails, um, it has and skin and it has silica in it. And then the fourth one is nettle root, which is an overall wellness tonic. So that formula of the collagen and the super herbs is in all of our flavors. And then we also add what we call smart ingredients that give it function and flavor. So for example, one flavor has jasmine green tea, real hibiscus, um, and grapefruit, plus all the other ingredients I mentioned. The other one has real brewed ginger and white tea. And the third one has real rose petals, which are amazing for your skin, hibiscus, and real vanilla, so no powders. Mm. Um, What we've done is we've carbonated it. And that's part of also our life experience because we know it's really self-care in a can that's light and fizzy, that's fun and enjoyable. Um, and the packaging is really vibrant and fun. And we did that because we want this to be radiance. Every day someone can come and drink this liquid radiance and feel really great about themselves and face the day. Mm. Um, and that really comes from what we learned in our own lives. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I mean, it's interesting. You also, you bring up about how your surgeons had recommended collagen for you and it was really working. I mean, we know that there are a lot of conflicting studies out there, right? You know, there are definitely the naysayers who say there's not enough evidence. And then there are the people who are, who are using it, but you are convinced by your own use of collagen, right? Well, I'm at, I'm at like a million percent convinced. And, yeah. And there- and actually, Dr. Bader is quite picky. We have one of um, the best research experts in the country also on our board, our scientific advisory board, who goes through all the research. And we have very strong medical studies that prove that it is effective. Mm. But you're right. Nothing beats real data. So so having people try it. One of the fun things we did at Skin Tea is we had we give it away for free for three weeks to a month. So if any of your um, listeners want to do that, just reach out. Yeah. We can link on the website on the episode page. Yeah, absolutely. And we would um, let them try one a day for a month and then they can judge for themselves. That's how confident we are in our product and our formula. Um, And I, on a personal level, it was literally game changing. I wouldn't have even started the company because I thought collagen was weird. And I also thought it was gross. And I didn't, I didn't know that ingestibles really worked. So Mm. I am the name. Yeah. So how did it help you specifically when you started using collagen? You know, it's interesting because I feel like the best way for me to describe collagen, it's a lubricant on the inside. I don't know Mm. how else to say other than that. It's really great for your gut, your joints, your bones. Um, But also, you know, 30% of your total body protein is collagen. 70% 70 of your skin is collagen. So when I recovered from the surgery, 
everyone's like, why are you glowing? Did you, did you get a facial? Did you go to a spa? And I'm like, no, I've just been consuming an insane amount of collagen. Hmm. And I knew that that was the one big thing I changed in my diet. Of course I was out of pain, which helped too, but I can't, but the changes in my hair and my skin, my nails were big, but also in my gut. Hmm. Um, and I felt more lubricated, like my joints. Um, and when I got off of it, so for example, if I was traveling and I got off of it for a whole week, I would feel it. And that's really hmm. how I know. I often tell people the best way to know if something works is try it for a month and then really back off completely. Cause yeah. that's when sometimes those nuances you don't pick up on until you stop it. Yeah, absolutely. A little less hydrated, you know. Everything. Yeah. Well, and it seems like, you know, we know that it has these benefits for skin, hair, and nails, but for someone like you, you know, when you're having surgeons recommend it for recovery, when it's helping your gut, I mean, that's pretty huge. And there is evidence, there's data that supports this information. And while there's conflicting data there, there's conflicting data about a lot of things too, aren't there? <laughs> you know, if you surf the internet, I, I think the internet is one of the most incredible inventions in the world. What it does mm-hmm. require though, is for you to be able to sift and make decisions for yourself because yeah. every single thing you might look for may have a contradictory opinion. So Mm -hmm. I really learned that and I learned to go with what works for me and trying it out on myself and then seeing what other people say. I think we have to be educated consumers of the internet. There are also some major influencers with millions of followers that, sorry to say, don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) Yep. I agree. I think we all know who we're talking about. (laughs) They say these things and you just kind of shake your head and go, "I, I, I wish they felt more accountable for their followers. But, you know, you have to really be careful what you believe. Um, but that's where all, we're each accountable for, I think, how we evaluate. It definitely is harder and harder. So at Skin Tea, what we, what we hope to do and try to do is educate as best as we can and back it all up with research. So that's why we have a scientific advisory panel that's really important to us. And that's why, you know, Dr. Karina Dunlap has done extensive research um, for the uh, FDA training as well. So we just made sure that that was in place. Yeah, it's really exciting. So you've been a patient in the healthcare system. You've, you've had to navigate a few challenges. What have you learned about our healthcare system? In what way does it work for patients? And in what ways do you think it requires improvement? I don't think it works. <laughs> <laughs> There are some really exciting new things. And the funny thing is I'm not paid for this. I'm not an ambassador, but Parsley Health is the best example Mm. of a new way of thinking. That's funny. I think when you and I first met, you just started going to Parsley Health because they just opened in West Hollywood. I'm obsessed with them and they have no idea I talk like this about them, but they've really changed the game in my opinion Mm. because Dr. Bader was the closest thing. You know, she's my business partner. She's a naturopathic doctor. Her education is extensive. Naturopathic doctors aren't as understood as MDs. Um, so I feel like, you know, what she's doing and the way she helped me heal through through a lot of, you know, the focus is food is medicine, but also with naturopathic medicine has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But in terms of healthcare system on a, on a larger scale, what Parsley Health is doing is so, so amazing. They start with a full hormonal panel. They do, they tie it to a nutrition, like you can do food testing and then they have a doctor and they also have a nutrition coach. And, and mm. a, so when you get both of those together, it's much more holistic. So I think looking at your life 360 is more important than I think conventional medicine where you just come in and they give you the pill. Like I had this 14 year old, um, this young 14 year old woman who has a lot of acne and, and she's like, you know, my doctors are saying I should get on Accutane right away and, or the pill. And my, Oh heart, gosh, I called Dr. Bader, her heart broke. We were like, Oh my God, wait, 
because there's so much stuff you can do with food first. You could start by eliminating a bunch of stuff and figuring out if the acne goes down before you start pumping yourself at 14 with hormones when you're already so fragile. That's what happened to me. And so I, I think it's flawed, but I'm very excited about the changes coming up. I also think, um, you know, the holistic and integrated nature needs to be respected. I have a lot of respect for surgeons. A lot of people are like, mm, you should never have done surgery. You could have healed all that without surgery. I'm like, no, I couldn't. It was structural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the bulge was literally hitting my sciatic nerve. So no, I couldn't have not done the surgery and thank goodness for Western medicine because it got me there. But I coupled that with recovery with herbs and collagen and the way I changed my food and my lifestyle. So I think there's a place for both. And I have a lot yeah. of respect for both, but you don't see a lot of organizations out there that integrate it and then do it at an affordable rate. Mm-hmm. So Parsley is, is my biggest example of that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think what they're doing is really exciting. And they're they're riding the crest of that wave as we're we're changing our understanding of healthcare really and, and it's very, very exciting. So um I like to sort of we've covered so much. Um I, I wondered if there's anything else you wanted to tell us about skin tea and about the future of the brand and and where um where our listeners can find skin tea. I know it's available at a number of different retailers around the country. Yeah, thank you. No, I mean, I think for me, the biggest thing for them to know is that as three women founding this brand, we don't apologize for being three women and thinking about it from a feminine perspective, from a spiritual and emotional and physical standpoint, but men love it too. They're Mm. a huge part of our consumer base. So we really see it as a gift that we hope everybody loves and that they can drink every day without having to go and try and find each one of these herbs and fill it. You know, you got it all in one place. It's really great we're finding our consumers drink it at 10 in the morning. It's very light and refreshing. Um, they drink it with their lunch because the taste is so different than any other collagen out there. Um, a lot of them drink it after workout because it's actually more hydrating than water because we have um, the minerals, um, the salt that we have in it. All of that helps with hydration and the collagen. Also, people mix it with tequila and vodka. And we're big believers <laughs> that you know, health doesn't mean you can't have some fun. But if you're going to have some fun, make sure you mix it with tequila and <laughs> tea because then you're going to be more hydrated and the effects are going to be a bit better. So we're big believers in, you know, the 80, 20 rule life is, yeah. is for it. have some fun with it. Um, and you can find it at sprouts nationwide, um, starting February 14th. We're really wow. happy Valentine's day to us all. We are in the Portland market with a market of choice and with garden bar and new seasons in LA. We're at air We're with a whole bunch of premium, wonderful partners on um, four seasons you know, the peninsula, a bunch of Equinox hotels in New York. So we're updating our website and all that information will be there. But the best is to go also online. Just go online. We have subscriptions. We have little variety packs that are really cute where you can taste one of each flavor um, at a great cost. And then, you know, then you can buy the flavor that you love the most on subscription. So definitely check out our website. Yeah. And when, when people are at my house, they can ask me for a taste too. (laughs) I keep it stacked in the fridge. So I like to wrap up these interviews with some top three lists. Um, and the first one is just two of them. The first one is top three tips for someone who suspects maybe they've got something that's a little off with their bodies. Maybe they've already got a diagnosis. Maybe they're seeking a diagnosis maybe they're recovering from surgery. What would you recommend for people? Number one, trust your intuition. Just Mm. trust it. No one lives in your body. If anyone's making faces at you, ignoring you, telling you to dismiss it, dismiss them. (laughs) So I 
in that strongly. Trust your intuition. If something feels off, something is off. It may not be what you're thinking it is because I never thought it was endometriosis. I thought it was that I was lazy and should have been eating a better diet over and over. Like, you know, and I was already healthy, but I always turned it to blame myself. Oh, I yeah. should be more energetic. I should be drinking more water. So one is- Or I should be eating more kale. <laughs> yeah, I was already so healthy. And so one is trust your intuition. Two, ask more than one person. One person is not the answer. Doctors are not perfect. So I think it's important. It takes a village. So I really asked more than one and would ask different opinions. And I think that's critical in this journey. Um, and then number three, make it a priority. Make it a business. I know that people like really struggle with that. Even people that have huge careers where they may not even need to work, I find end up prioritizing their work. So I think you have to make it a priority and you have to treat it like it's a project and that you're going to get to the bottom of it. You can't just keep postponing it the way I did in, in the early days. Those are, those are my top three. I think those are really great pieces of advice. So last top three list, top three things that give you unbridled joy, whether they're lifestyle adjustments or not, that you're unwilling to compromise on. So it could be, could be comfort activities. If you have a flair, it could be guilty pleasures, secret indulgences, or it could just be three things that make you so damn happy. You're not going to stop, including drinking skin tea. (laughs) Um, So, you know, number one, I would say, this is so funny. Um, I am obsessed with, well, first skin tea's there. So I'm going to put that as like precursor. Yeah. (laughs) It's my, it's my sanctuary. It's my self care. It's my joy all in one. I can feel good that I'm getting so much in there all in one and feel like it's kind of almost like my supplement, my self care, my beauty all in one. So that's yeah. always, um, but this is going to be crazy, but hot baths. Yeah. Saved- that's not crazy. All I love a hot bath. I love hot baths. I'm, I'm so obsessed and I put Epsom salts and I do this mm. organic lavender oil. And when I was putting so much money into the company and there wasn't a lot I could do just because I was being careful what I wouldn't compromise on was the hot bath. And it has become the number one uh, meditation for me. I don't meditate like others, but when I sit in that hot bath for 10 to 20 minutes, an Epsom salt has been known to calm you down. And then the little lavender oil just gives you a little bit of bubbles and makes you feel like you're in luxury. You know, that's the moment for myself. And I do it at least four times a week and it's just the best and it calms me down. The second, um, you know, I exercise is it sounds so lame that I'm saying the same thing, but exercise, weightlifting. So as a woman, I'm 42. Um, I used to- you are not 42. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So skin, Hey guys, skin tea works. <laughs> she does not look 42 y'all. <laughs> Next to your face and tell everybody your age. Um, really, really. It should be I, the new skin tea challenge. I've been aging in reverse since I started doing this much uh, skin tea. I really need it. And it's yeah. Funny. But thank you for that. And one yeah. of the you know, things for me is weightlifting. Because as a woman in your early 40s and even younger, I think putting that habit, I used to be like, oh, it's all cardio. And now I realize actually weightlifting is so powerful for your hormones and mm. so powerful for making you feel strong. And one of my um, advisors, actually, uh, she's incredible, Leslie Blodgett, the founder of Bare Minerals. Mm. She used to say strong body, strong mind. And that used to hit me really hard. And it's truly if you just focus on your strength, no matter what level that strength is that I think it's very empowering as you go through the journey. Um, and then the last one, um, hmm, this, I hope this isn't R rated, but I, I would say like, if you have a significant other, like, you know, making love and being with them. And- You're not the first person to say it. I've had some people straight up say orgasm. So go for it, girl. <laughs> exactly. And, and I feel like that's so important. Um, regardless of your, you know, 
your preference, just having that significant other in your life. I didn't have it all the time and I now have it at this, which I never thought I would while trying to launch a startup. I was like, wow, that makes such a difference. I think my team even loves me more because I'm so calm. Mm, Yeah. Allows you to relax. And so I think that's important along. And if you can't have that, just eat a lot of chocolate because that's (laughs) I think that's very good advice. Yes. I love that. Well, is there anything else that you want to share with everyone who's tuning in? Just that, you know, we're a brand that's all about um, love and we love the feedback and we're truly there for our consumer and we love them more than anything. That's our true purpose. We, you know, our mission is to unleash health and beauty from the inside out every day. And beauty includes your character, who you are on the inside. And in order to unleash your potential, you know, what you put in your body really matters. So we love people to reach out to us, tell us what they want. And we'd love to build a relationship with every one of your uh, listeners. That's so lovely. And we'll certainly put links on the the website uh, when this episode is live as well. Basima, thank you so much. It's been such a, a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. That's it, folks. Thanks for listening. As always, please check us out online at uninvisiblepod.com and all over the social media world at uninvisiblepod. We love your feedback and suggestions, so please drop us a line via the website if you have questions, ideas for topics to cover in future episodes, or just want to say hello. We're all about relationships and collaboration here, so credit where credit is due. Music for this episode is by Sean Hart, who can be found at seanhart.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts.